Evening, welcome. It has turned cold. I know. Mm. I'm I'm already ready for spring. <laughs> or or a return to fall. I'll take you to return to fall. Oh man. Anyway, anyway, we're delighted y'all are here. Uh, uh, just um, just just to let you know, uh, we'll have. Um, We'll have two more Wednesday nights before the end of the year. And uh, uh, so the next two Wednesday nights will be in the Friendship Hall so the kids can practice in here for their Christmas program. Uh, no, only one. Okay, that's right, that's right, that's right. So, so next week, next week you'll be in the Friendship Hall. Then we'll have one more uh, session here. And then on the 20th, it's our virtual Christmas caroling that we'll do. And then after that, that's on the 20th. And then after that, we really won't have another Wednesday night until the first of the year. And the first uh, meeting we'll have, we'll have, we'll have a session because really we don't have a lot of business, but we'll have a business uh, a members meeting that first Wednesday night of January. Okay? So just to, just to keep it going. But we'll have... Because, uh, because really it won't take us long to go through what we need to go through, so we'll have an abbreviated uh, Bible study. And then for those who want to stay for the meeting afterwards, uh, they can stay for that. Okay, so that'll be on the 3rd of January, I think. Whatever, yeah. Whatever it is, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. So basically after tonight, we got two more Wednesday nights of Bible study. And then after that, we'll... we'll uh, with Christmas and all that, all that good stuff, we'll, we'll take a break. Okay, um, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Uh, let's 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 remember Billy Beasley. I went to see him today. Mm, goodness gracious! Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can uh, you can go visit him. I mean, he's. Uh, what do you say about Billy? I mean, he's sick. Don't get me wrong. He is. He he is in denial big time. He 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 really does not. He he does not grab hold of the gravity of his situation, and he thinks that he thinks he is going to get better, and he is not. He is not going to get better unless there is a divine miracle, and so. He doesn't hear anything the doctors tell him. He, he, he just totally blocks it out. You know, today he was saying, I don't think I'm going to live through this. And I'm thinking, no, you're not. <laughs> you, you, you know, unless there is something, because his, the chemotherapy has done little to nothing to stop the growth of his cancer. And uh, it, it's just sad. I mean, you know, he's 85 years old. And uh, he's got in his mind he's going to have two more years. And he may. He may have two more years. He may. But I would not want to have two more years, not even the shape he is right now. I can't imagine if he would live two more years what it would be like. Um, but I'm a realist. I, I operate in the real world. And... Uh, and, but I know God can heal him if that's what God chooses to do. God, God, but I also know that, that sometimes you have to prepare yourself for what is about to happen. 
and and in many ways, you may agree or disagree with this, and that's okay. We'll 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 we'll, we'll agree to disagree. Um, but I find people who accept the reality of their situations uh, actually get along better than those who don't. That's not giving up. There's those people. So that's giving up. You don't give up. No, that's not giving up. It's just simply you accept. You accept. You accept the reality of your situation, and then I've told Billy again and again and again. I'll tell anyone: take whatever time God's given to you, whatever time you've got left, and make the very best of that time. That's what you do. So, and he needs 24-hour day care. He has let go his night crew. That's what he told me, and I told him today. I said, "Now I'm, 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 I might make you mad, but I'm gonna tell you anyway." You do not need to be alone. He's too weak. He, he is, he's already fallen in the bathroom. And, 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 and um, well, I can't afford it, Bo. I can't afford it. Well, I said, you can't afford a, a, another broken hip. You can't, he's already had one of those. You can't, do, you can't, can't afford to break nothing. No, no, no. He he is he is he is pretty strong will. But anyway, Lord help us. But, but just pray for him. I get, I've, I've told you way too much. Uh, I love Billy. I do. I've learned to learned to appreciate him. But he he is he is a character. And uh, so, but anyway, it is tough. Um, but let's 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 pray for him. Also, Miss Molly McLam, uh, they are. Working on moving her, Bella, whatever it is, and Garner. Yes, that rehab. I guess it's a rehab center. Uh, they're they're. Um, she's still at Bella Rosa. Yeah, uh, he's. Uh, she's still in uh, Wake Med Carry, uh, but uh, she, hopefully tomorrow they're going to transfer uh, over to rehab center, and. Not that, which she said, uh, according to Debbie, and, and when I, last time I saw her, I haven't seen her since, was right before Thanksgiving. Um, she really was improving, looking a lot better, looking a lot better than she was um, one of the times I went to see her. Uh, but, um, but, but Debbie says she's really kind of rallying up and uh, getting a little stronger, eating, eating a little better. So, um, but... Um, but uh, anyway, so let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray for her, and for God's God's grace and mercy. Uh, Cynthia, let's continue to remember Cynthia in our prayers and, uh, and blessings. Yes, ma'am. And Miss Connie Towns, remember her. Her her sister passed away. I lived in Cincinnati, and uh, but she is not going to go to. She's not going to go to the funeral. She's not able to make that trip. And uh, so if you have an opportunity to give her, just give her a call, and, you know, and uh, just, just tell her you're thinking about her. So uh, remember, remember that. Anybody else? Let's remember the kids as they're practicing. You know how, how if you've ever worked with children's programs, you know how hairy it is for those who are directing them. I don't, I don't care how it turns out. Getting there is an adventure. It is a, it is an adventure. Uh, so, so remember, remember, remember those that are working with our kids.
Uh, any, anyone else? Um, so, uh, Sam's about to leave us. He sold his house. So, uh, so in a couple of weeks, he'll be a resident of Wayne County. I, 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 we, we're missing you. So anyway, you got to come back occasionally. You got to come back occasionally. Let me know when you're coming. We'll sing old songs. <laughs> oh Lord, have mercy. Uh, so anyway, anyway, um, any, any anything else you need to say about? It? Yeah, let's pray for Janie that she can get over this whatever she has got hold of her. That's Jesus calling. <laughs> oh, it's the Jesus from New Jersey. Is that what I Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is. I, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering when there's going to be a push from some wonderful liberal that we now we got to ban knives. You know, Guns the problem. When it's going to be knives is the problem. When is somebody going to wake up and realize it's the corruption of our culture that's the problem? That, that, no. But that's the problem. It's family issues. It's, um, I'm, I don't know what the situation was. Can you imagine a 14-year-old? I can't imagine me killing somebody at 14 years old, stabbing somebody in the head. Just beyond my, just, it's just, I, I, I didn't, I wasn't raised in that world. And I understand, I mean, I, I understand I was not raised in that world. I understand I don't walk in that world. But I, it's just hard for me to comprehend. I mean, at 14 years old. Well, that, that's, unfortunately, that, that's what it is. And they're bombarded with this violence and they're bombarded. And God, that's right. That, that, that's, that, that's true. That's true. And, and so, and, and you and look, we don't, we don't know what these kids are exposed to at home. We don't know what they're seeing. We don't know what, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just, it's, yeah, yeah. It's such a shame that we, we live in a culture of fear. Among everything else, we live in a culture of fear, so. God, yeah, that's a, that's a great prayer, Gary. Let me, get, let me pray for our school systems. Amen. Anyone else? Yes, ma'am. Mm. Right, right. Mm. Okay. Okay. Amen. Anything else? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are grateful for the day. Grateful for the opportunity to come together in your name. To bless you and to glorify you and to honor you. And know that of your richness and your goodness in all of our lives. Father, Lord, as we pray tonight, Lord Jesus, we we pray a prayer of, of, uh, of supplication. And pray a prayer... Lord Jesus, of intercession. 
We pray, God, that you will touch those needs that are among us. And right here in this, right here in this room, Lord, there's, there, there's, there's needs, real, and you understand those needs. Father, I, I pray for Cynthia, God, and her physical needs, and Lord Jesus, other needs that she has. Lord, I pray, God, for protection. And Lord Jesus, I pray, Lord, that you will just, 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 I just plead the blood, Lord, over, over her and her home. And Father, Lord, just, just, just be with them. Her and Ray both, God, just be with them in a very special way. Father, Lord, we just thank you, God, for your healing power. Father, Lord, as Gary reminds us to pray, Lord, for our school systems and our kids, Lord Jesus. And Lord, right at our back door, all of this violence and kids killing kids and the violence and, 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 and Lord Jesus, as we look at the video footage, and I know we're just seeing snippets and pieces, but Lord, it looks like a, a, a pack of wild dogs that are running, or wolves that are, that are on, the, on the hunt and the prowl, Lord. It, it, it is almost animalistic. And uh, Lord Jesus, and I know, I know these are ploys of the enemy who's trying to destroy and tear down the very fiber of our culture and he's doing a pretty good job of it. But God, I know that there's one greater than the, than the enemy. And I know, Lord Jesus, that I know who's ultimately going to win this war. And Lord Jesus, and we're, I want to be in the right side of the battle. Father, Lord, I, I, I do pray for Bev, Lord Jesus. You'll touch Beverly and Lord, uh, minister to her and whatever's going on in her body. God, touch her and bless her. And Lord, be with her. And God, just... Just, I, I pray doctors won't find anything. I, I pray that, Lord, there won't be anything wrong. And, uh, Lord Jesus, you'll get a good, clean bill of health. And, Father, Lord, I, I pray for Janie, Lord, and she's just, just had this, this hacking cough and, uh, uh, for, for so many weeks now. And I just pray, God, I pray against whatever, Lord, is working against her. And, Lord Jesus, I ask for deliverance in Jesus Christ's name. Father, I pray for Sam as he's making his move, and uh, Lord, to uh, the Wayne County area, and I pray, God, that you will be with him. What a blessing he's been to this church family. And so, Father, he'll, he will always be a part of us. And so, Lord, I just pray that you'll just minister unto him, and God, give him the strength that he needs. Father, Lord, we pray for Miss Molly McClam, and Lord Jesus, touch her, Lord Jesus. Be with her in a wonderful way. Bless her, Lord, and just give her strength. I pray for Billy Beasley, Lord. I pray, God, that you will touch Billy and help Billy. And, Father, Lord, and, and help him to get a grip on his situation. And so, Lord, that others can minister to him in a more effective way. And now, Lord Jesus, I pray that, God, that you will touch all around us. Thank you for this season we're in. Father, Lord, I know it's busy in many ways, but, God, it's a great season. And, Lord, as we celebrate, Lord, your coming to this earth, and our anticipation of your coming again into this earth. So, Father, we just praise you for it. I pray, God, that you will touch uh, all the kids in the back, and, Lord Jesus, all the uh, ones that are working with them uh, with, this, uh, uh, with this church uh, children's program. Uh, and, the Father, I pray, God, that you will, Lord, just help them, Lord, through it and work out all, everything they need to work out. And, Lord, all the upcoming events, Lord Jesus, be with us and touch us and Minister to us, Lord, in your own special way. Now, God, pray for this service. And, Lord Jesus, pray uh, that you will touch us and bless us. God, as, we, uh, as I, I share with them about living in the fullness of the Spirit. And now, Lord Jesus, we thank you, we praise you, we glorify you. 
for you are the great and the almighty God, and we love you with everything in us. In Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen and amen. Okay, uh, so we're, uh, we're, we're still uh, talking about walking in the Spirit, abiding in the fullness of the Spirit. And uh, I, I, think this is, I think this is a good lesson. Uh, so I hope you uh, uh, can, uh, I can explain it and, and we can go through it. Uh, so to start, let's, uh, let's start. We, we're, we're doing questions. That's, that's how sort of the starter and uh, trying to answer some of these questions. What does the word enthusiasm mean and what does it have to do with abiding in the fullness of the Spirit? So let's first of all talk about what enthusiasm means. Now, uh, I, I, should, I, sh I shouldn't have flipped it here and let you talk, let you talk to me about what, you, what your concept of enthusiasm is. Uh, and so when you think about enthusiasm, what do you think about? Excitement. That, that's right. Being excited about whatever you're doing, excited about, you know, um, if you want to see enthusiasm in a worldly sense, uh, go to a ball game. Go to a football game. Go to a basketball game. I don't care what level it's on. I don't care if it's middle school or high school or collegiate or professional. Go. You will see enthusiasm. People, go to a, go to a, anybody have been to an uh, 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 ice hockey game, Hurricanes? Now, if you want to see enthusiasm, there is nothing like an ice hockey game. Not that I enjoy it. I go every once in a while, especially if somebody's got some free tickets. And I, that's, I am not paying. <laughs> I will not pay to go. But I'll go if somebody give me a free ticket. And so occasionally my son, hey, we, we go every once in a while. He gets some free tickets since we go every once in a while. But I'm telling you, you're talking about hooping and hollering and carrying on. And they love that, 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 that hurricane. What did they, they, you know, they crank up. That, that, that whatever it is, they crank up. And it is, I mean, I mean they're, they're, they are fighting. There are, I mean, you know, another thing, uh, uh, like a wrestling match. If you want to see some enthusiasm, uh, especially among the fan base, uh, that now I'm telling you, I have seen some people just, just get into it. Uh, so, so that's what we think about. Often we think about that as being enthusiasm. But really that is, like a, that is more like a worldly enthusiasm based upon cultural worldly principles. But when you look at the word enthusiasm and where it came from or it, where, where, where the origins of it is, it, this is a great word, entheos, which actually means literally in God. That, that's a, a, a theo uh, in the Greek is always a name for God. And when you look where the en is like a prefix to that means in or into. So, so therefore, you have uh, in theos, which means God in them. So that's really what enthusiasm is from a spiritual perspective, is God being in you. And working through you. And that should produce some excitement. That should produce some joy. That should produce some gladness. That should produce, you know, uh, you know 
I don't want church service to look like a ball game. But I wish we could bring some of that into the church. And so, but I don't want that. And, you know, but I'm not, talking, I'm not talking about a hallelujah hoedown. I'm not talking about a free-for-all. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about the Spirit of God working and rising up and where you sense that, that working of God in you. That, that's, that's, that's what I see, and that's, that's what I would love to, to have happen. Uh, then that brings to the next question. According to Jesus, what will happen to those who believe on him according to to the scriptures. Now that's an open-ended question, but we're talking about the fullness of the, uh, of the Spirit. So let's look at some scriptures here. Uh, first of all, John chapter 7, verses 37 through 39. This is, this is Jesus uh, making a proclamation. Now notice it says, on the last day, the, that, that great day of the feast. Now we're going to go back and dissect this. We're going to look at what that means, what, what feasts are being referenced here. Jesus stood and cried out, saying, now, now, notice, now notice what he did. Jesus cried out. What he spoke, he spoke with passion. So to me, that's another part of enthusiasm, where there is a passion about what you're doing. And, and so, so, so when Jesus cried out, he didn't say, well, if anybody thirsts, let him come to me and drink. <laughs> you know, sometimes that's how we act, right? But Jesus cried out, If anybody thirst, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scriptures have said, out of his heart, King James, I really like King James, out of his belly, will flow rivers of living water. Now, when he talks about out of his heart, King James used the word belly. It's really out of the depths of who you are that, that, we, that, that, that the Spirit of God rises up in us. But, he, but this he spoke concerning who? The Holy Spirit, whom those believing in him should receive for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Now they're looking, they're, 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 they're over here and they're looking back. When John is writing this, matter of fact, when John wrote this, he is probably 30, 40, maybe even 60 years away from these events. So he's, he, he, he's going back, he's talking about, we hadn't been filled with the Holy Spirit yet. We hadn't had the day of Pentecost yet. We hadn't had that experience. And Jesus was preparing us. Jesus was getting ready, getting us ready for that event. And so when he talked about going back to that feast, uh, let's talk about what that feast was. It was really a reference to the Feast of Tabernacles. So I asked the question, what is it? What is the Feast of Tabernacles? So let's talk about that. It was the fourth of the annual Jewish festivals that were prescribed by God. Often when there was a significant thing that happened, and when, when God did something in them, it was often commemorated from generation to generation. For instance, the Passover. What did the Passover commemorate? 
the Israelites being delivered from Egyptian bondage. That's what, that, that's, that's what uh, the Passover commemorated. And the, even the Jews today still celebrate the Passover, that time that they were in Egyptian bondage, and God delivered them when the killing of the lamb, the roasting of the lamb, the eating the bitter herbs, uh, and all of that that went along what now is called the Seder uh, that goes along with that. And these are just some scriptural references I've, I've got here for you. But this was the fourth uh, 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 festival that was uh, initiated. And, and this festival actually commemorated in that same vein of the Passover. Because remember that they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. They lived as nomads. They lived in tents. They didn't live in permanent dwellings. And so we're going to talk about what they, what they did during this feast and commemorating this. Now, it was also referred to as a, a feast of ingathering. It was uh, the feast of the Lord, the feast. Uh, and so, uh, so we find that, that this, is, this is kind of small. But, but it, it, its observance combined the ingathering of the labor of the field. In other words, it's like a harvest event that's taking place. The fruit of the earth, again, it's about harvesting, bringing in. The ingathering of the threshing floor and the wine press and the uh, dwelling in booths, which were to be joyful reminders to Israel. So the living in the booths goes back in their wilderness wanderings when they were there. So it really commemorates the harvest, the ingathering, the bringing, and also God's deliverance of them from this, uh, this bondage they were under. Now, the feast began on the 15th day of uh, uh, Tirsha, uh, the seventh month, which is the seventh month in the Jewish calendar, which was five days after the Day of Atonement. Now, the Day of Atonement was a significant event as well because that was the day that the high priest could go into the temple or the tabernacle and offer up atonement. That's the, that's, that's the day when the sacrificial lamb was killed. And, and, uh, and, and he, he went in. That's the only day of the year he could go into uh, the, to, to the temple. He could go past the the table of showbread, he could go past the golden candlesticks, he could come up to the uh, altar of incense, and it was the only day of the year, the only time that he could part the veil and go behind the veil where the Ark of the Covenant was and to offer up the sacrificial blood of the Lamb for the atonement of the nation of Israel. So this feast took place kind of, uh, almost immediately after the Day of Atonement occurred. Now, it lasted for seven days. Now, that is, that is common with a lot of Jewish festivals. They would, they would typically last for a whole week. Now, I don't know how that would, that would fly in this culture, but basically, they didn't work. I mean, they, they just stopped everything, and they celebrated, and they, they feasted, and they... They did what they, what, they, what they did during this period of time. Now, we also see references 
to this particular feast. This was after the return of exiles. Ezra read the law and led the people in an act of penance during this feast. That's when he stood. I referenced that in a sermon a couple of weeks ago, that he, he stood and among the people, and he read the word. He read the law to them. And they started repenting. They started realizing how far short they had fallen from God's grace. So this was during this, this uh, Feast of Tabernacles that this took place. Later, a man by the name of Josephus, who was a Jewish historian, he referred to this as the holiest and the greatest of the Jewish feasts. Now, that's a, that's a big statement. I think most people would consider the Passover as, as one of the biggest festivals. This was his observation about this particular feast. Later, there was an, they, were, they were additions to this ritual that included a libation of water. That libation is just an offering. There was a water offering that was drawn from the pool of Siloam. You remember there was a man that Jesus uh, put some, he spit on the ground and made a clay patch and put on the blind man's eyes and told him to go wash in the pool of Siloam. And he did, when he washed, he, his sight was restored to him. And so, so this, this, this it, some are, 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 are theorizing that this may be the probable background for Jesus' comment of talking about living water. Out of, your, out of your heart, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Uh, also, there was the lighting of huge menorahs. The menorah, again, is that seven-branched candlestick uh, that the Jews still use today. And this was located at the, uh, at the court of, of women. And this could be the backdrop for Jesus making the declaration that I am the light of the world. Um, and then another tradition, the feast included the great water pouring ceremony and, uh, and, and reminding them of God's supernatural provision of water in the wilderness as they traveled in the wilderness. And, and what they did... Um, oh, I don't think I included that. But what they did in this, in this um, water-pouring ceremony, the priest would be, would bring large, uh, or have brought large uh, urns of uh, water. And they would literally turn these urns over, and the water would cascade down. I mean, this would be like a flood of water. We're not talking about just a little trickle. And the water would cascade down the steps of the temple and splashing it and, again, reminding them of how God provided that gush of water for them when they, when they needed that provision uh, in, the, in the wilderness. And so Jesus' uh, loud proclamation was a call to Holy Spirit fullness as he described this fullness as rivers of living water. So when all of this, so if you kind of, this is the picture I got. This festival is going on. These things are happening. The menorahs are lit. Uh, the water 
is being, it's cascading down. You know, and it was at the end of the festival that Jesus stood up and made this proclamation. If there's anyone who believes in me, comes after me, will never thirst. For out of his belly, out of his heart, will flow rivers of living water. And then later on he makes the proclamation he's the light of the, light of the world. It's great great thought, and, and I think, I think there's, there's a good probability that all of this is what was going on. So then, that brings us to the question, what kinds of rivers of refreshing will flow out of our lives if we apply, uh, if we abide in the fullness of the Spirit? So he talked about rivers of living water, so what, what, what does that mean? Well, these are some suggestions here. First of all, rivers of worship and praise. Because that's what Jesus expects of us. He expects us to praise Him. He expects us to worship Him. It is, it is and, and, and please forgive me, I, I'm not trying to, well, I am being critical, but I'm not trying to be hatefully critical. But it's a shame how people have been taught in church not to praise Him. To be quiet. To sit in silence. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But everything I read in the Scriptures, everything I say, there are times when there are to be just outcries of praise. Look, it's going to be in, that's the way it's going to be in heaven. I, I've, I've said it. I've said it here. I've said it everywhere. There's a lot of people going to be disappointed. If they make it to heaven, they're going to be disappointed. Because heaven ain't going to be quiet. Now, it's, going to be, it's not going to be chaos. It's not going to be chaos. I, I'm, I'm, I'm opposed to chaos. I don't like chaos. But it's not going to be quiet. It's going, to be, it's, it's going to be enthusiastical order. Look. You said this is come back. Just go to Revelation, that first part of Revelation, chapter 4, chapter 5. You go over there. And John, he's transported into that heavenly place. And in one place, all of a sudden, all of heaven just erupts. He says, the angels are, are shouting, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And he says, there were thousands times 10,000, thousands upon thousands, 10,000 upon 10,000. That's just angels. Then the, then the elders, the four and twenty elders, which represents all the saints of all the ages. That's just not 24 people. That is, represents all the saints of all the ages. Everybody that is there just erupts in a praise and a glory unto, unto God. Can you imagine the sound of it? Even John... When in, in the beginning of the book of Revelation, 
When Jesus appeared to him, when Jesus spoke, it sounded like thunder. It sounded like the rushing of great... That's what Jesus' voice sounded like. So there is nothing wrong with a little praise in the house. Right. It's good. And notice Acts chapter chapter 2, verse 4. Notice, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Let me, I don't know what that looked like. I know what it looks like today. I know what it looks like with me. But I don't know what it looked like then. But you know, it was so loud. And I'm, yeah, that, that's right. And, and because it attracted the attention of other people who saw what was going on or heard. They heard, then they saw. So, so there's, you know, rivers of praise and worship. And we know, going back, and, and I know I only put one, one, one scripture uh, there, but when you read it a little bit further, when, 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 when the crowd heard this commotion going on, they went and they said, what does this mean? We're hearing these people speak in our language. And you know, and, and, and all, when I first came into Pentecost, I was young and dumb and inexperienced, and I didn't know what it was all about. When I first came into Pentecost, you know, I just, I just always thought that speaking in tongues was, was just un, not understandable. It was not something that was meant to be understood. But boy, have I learned different than that. It is meant to be understood. Because if you read, because I, I mean, I, I always was under impression by people, what they said, what, what preachers preached. You know, they were just all speaking in tongues. And, and, and when I came into the church, the church I was in, boy, they were, they were loud beyond loud. And, and, and it was, it, it, it was, sometimes it was disorganized. <laughs> it was, it, it was, it could be a mess sometimes. It, I mean, it could, it could be a mess. And so I just had this notion on the day of Pentecost, when they were speaking in tongues, that nobody was understanding. But that's not the truth. You read that. They're speaking in our own language. We can hear them in our own language speak. And they didn't say what they heard. But they, 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 they said they understood that they are, they are praising God. What they understood from that, the Holy Spirit allowing them to understand all these people speaking in a language they did not learn, they did not know, but yet they were praising God. With their language. And that's what, that's what speaking in tongues ought to be about. It ought to be about a praise unto Him. A glorification unto Him. That makes sense. So, then, then there's rivers of witnessing. Um, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Uh, we'll probably look at that several times. 
but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So there should be rivers of witnessing that is, that is taking place. And then in John chapter 15, but when the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. So what does the Spirit of God do through us? He testifies of Jesus Christ. He testifies of the Father through us. And you, and you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. This is, what, this, this is what the first apostles and disciples did. They just told, they just told, look, we walked with the guy. We're going to tell you what we saw, what we heard, what we experienced in all of this. And he will glorify me. Notice, the Holy Spirit is going to do what? He's going to glorify me. For he will take of what is mine and declare unto you. I think this is probably one of the biggest. I I I, I started to use the word gripe, and I, that's that's probably not the word. I see. I just see. I've seen so much stuff in in Pentecostal church, some good stuff. Don't, but I've seen some other stuff too. And some of what I've seen has been people glorifying themselves, and you can tell the difference. You can tell the difference. I know, I know I've used this illustration before, but whenever I see someone who claims to be operating the Spirit, when they get through, they turn around. Like, look at me. Look how, look how, look how spiritual I am. Look, when you got to do that, you, ain't, you, you operate in the flesh. You ain't operating the Spirit. Because he knows he will glorify who? Jesus is talking. And he will take of what is Jesus and he will declare it unto you. That's, that's the way it should be. Rivers of ministry. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. I know this is a controversial passage of Scripture, but it's, but it's in the Bible, so you got to deal with it. Uh, and they will drink, if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. That was never meant to be a cultic group that we call snake handlers and, drink, and, and poison drinkers. That's not, that, 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 that was never intended to be. No, it, but go, go, go back. These signs will follow those who believe. What I see in those acts, now I've never been in a snake handling service. Now I've dealt with some snakes along the way, but I've never... <laughs> Boy, that was ugly. Uh, but I have. I've dealt with some snakes along the way, but, but not the ones that slither on the ground. Um, he says, these signs will follow those who believe. What I see in that kind of movement, they're making the signs. 
You don't have to prove how spiritual you are. No, you, you, don't, you don't have to take up a, 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 a cobra to demonstrate how, how, how much faith you've got. That that's that's exactly. Yeah, and, and bring and bring them into church and say, "Come on, let's let let's." Uh huh. That 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 no, absolutely not. That absolutely not. And I, if there were anyone to hear, I'd I'd say it to their face. You're wrong. That that is that is wrong. I think you're absolutely. I think you're crazy. Absolutely. Because I think that's exactly what you said, Cheryl. I couldn't have said it any better. I think that's exactly what it means. That these signs will follow those who believe. And if you find yourself in that danger, or if somebody tries to poison you, God can, God can preserve you from that. The Apostle Paul's an ex a perfect example. You remember on the island of Malta? You remember that story? They've been, they, they're cold, they're wet. It's raining. They've been, they've been, they've been, they've been on a cruise for four. <laughs> they've been on a cruise from hell for fourteen days, and 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 they have lost just about everything. They've had, you know, and and so here they are. They come up on this island of Malta. They they they're gathering firewood, and he throws the wood into the fire. And in that bundle of wood, there's a poisonous snake. Snake comes out like a snake would do, and seizes on his hand because the snake has been threatened. He shakes it off in the fire, goes on about his business. And everybody, oh, just wait. He's going to blow up like a bullfrog and drop dead. And he didn't. <laughs> the serpent, yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. That, that, that it is an authority issue. That's exactly right. But you've got to believe. Now, so you don't have, as I've, I've said many times, I'll say again, you don't have to go looking for the devil. He'll find you. I guarantee you. You serve the Lord, you commit your life to him, he will find you. You don't have to go looking for him. And when he presents himself, deal with it. So, anyway, anyway, uh, so, uh, so, so all, all of this, but, but again, uh, it's, it's, it's ministry. He's talking about ministry. We, we, need, we, we, we need to be ministry. I, I don't know, I've just, I've just been struck. I don't know why I've been struck. I've just been struck with this idea that, that we need to be doing kingdom things. And I'm afraid often what we call kingdom things in the church is not kingdom things. I, I use this illustration. When, when John was in prison, and I know, I know John knew death was imminent, he sent some of his followers back to Jesus to ask him, are you the one we're looking for? Or is there another one to come? See, John's having a moment of doubt. Even though he knew full well who Jesus was. 
He knew full well. But he, had, he was having a moment of doubt. And basically what Jesus told his disciples of John, he said, you go back and you tell John. Blinded eyes have been opened. The deaf hear. The lame walk. The dead are raised to life. You tell him the kingdom of God is operating among you. Now, I know some people think that's wild and wacky and crazy. But I don't. I think, I think we need to see more of the demonstration of the power of the kingdom of God in us. And I think, in general, the church has substituted everything else that and that's what we really ought to be about maybe I'm crazy maybe I'm crazy but anyway that's me and uh, he will glorify me for he will take what he might declare to you I think I've already done that I was that uh, but the uh, manifestation of the spirit is given to each one uh, for the profit of all for the one is given the word of wisdom and through the Spirit to another, the word of knowledge, through the same, the same Spirit. Uh, these are the gifts of the Spirit, which we're also just to accommodate. We're going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit ultimately. Uh, to another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, the gift of healings by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning the spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. These are all ministry gifts. This is ministry. Spirit of God ministering through people, for the good of other people. Okay, that's, that's what he's talking about. He said, but the one and the same uh, spirit works all these things, distributed to each one individually as he wills. It's the work of God. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. Then there's rivers of intercession and prayer. Um, and of course, I don't, I don't have any scripture reference, but the Bible's full, full of these things. Intercession, prayer, that, 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 even, even Paul, and I, I could throw some scripture up here, but, you know, even Paul in his writings, he said, you know, there's times when you don't even know how to pray. And the Holy Spirit will intercede for you with moaning and groaning that you cannot even utter. You see, there's times the Spirit of God in us can pray through us when we don't even know how to pray. We don't know what to pray for. We don't even how to. We don't even. We don't even how to touch the throne of God. But the Holy Spirit in us, that intercessory part. <clears throat> God, I prefer, I pray before the Lord takes me out of out of. When I take out of here, I'm not talking about out of out of this. I'm talking about it takes me out of here. That's what I want to see a revival of. This kind of stuff. Rivers of fruitfulness. Production. Um, but the fruit of the Spirit. See, there's the gifts of the Spirit, but there's the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness. Uh, uh, I, I said something 
kindness, goodness, now there's gentleness coming up, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such there is no law. So that's wonderful. Bless whoever they're going to. Rivers of peace and strength within us. He who speaks in the tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. So you see, there's a, it, with the Spirit of God, see, he's working. There is, there is a sense of self-edification. There's nothing, the Spirit can build us up. That's what edification means. It's not, it's not an issue of pride. It's the issue of being built up, being growing, developing. So there's, there's, there's self-edification, but then there's the edification of the whole church. The whole church is, is blessed by it. Rivers of revelation are promised. God, God promised to reveal himself, to show himself to us. The eyes of your understanding, Paul said in the Ephesian church, being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of, his, uh, of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Now, um, I'm going to stop right there uh, because I'm not going to have time to finish this out. Uh, so let, let's stop there when we get to uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1, what it teaches about abiding in the Spirit. So we'll pick up there next week uh, and, uh, and look at that. Uh, but again, um, thank you all for coming, and, um, and the Lord, Lord bless you. The Lord loves you, and we, we, we're, we're, we're loving you more and more. So it's always a growing relationship. So uh, God, God, God be with you as, you as as you go. Amen. Oh, we are. We're having baptismal service uh, Sunday morning. And we're also uh, receiving some new people in the, in the fellowship of our church. Uh, so, um, so uh, and it's exciting. Uh, uh, Gary and Beverly are two of, two of those uh, that will be joining us. And then we've got uh, about three, maybe four, that are being baptized uh, Sunday morning. So that will be part. That will be a celebration worth coming to and on Sunday morning. So, very good. Um, I, and also... Um, Ladies Auxiliary Christmas Dinner uh, Saturday uh, at Sagebrush. So please remember that. Five o'clock. Five o'clock. Okay. All right. Everybody good? Amen. God go with you.